The kiss is to be a sign of affection or respect. And now Judas turns that sign of affection and respect into a sign of betrayal. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Today on In Grace, we are going to be talking about the betrayal of Jesus by Judas. This is one of the most awful, awful, awful stories in all of the world, but especially the Bible, when the Creator is betrayed by one of the closest to him. And so we're going to talk about this and we're going to examine that this was predicted, that Judas took the kiss, the the, the thing that was a, a sign of affection and turned it into this awful, awful, ugly sign of betrayal. And so we have so much to learn as Jesus there in the Garden of Gethsemane. He had been praying. He had been uh, asking others to pray with him. They fell asleep. And now he is being arrested. He's being betrayed. And that leads to all these other awful, awful things that happen. Now, all of it did result in our salvation or the potential of our salvation. Jesus did all of this for you and for me. He wasn't surprised by Judas' betrayal. He actually had predicted it. He didn't cause it. This wasn't something that God preordained. God knew it would happen and therefore allowed Judas to come into the picture. Judas was not a born-again person, but he was a fake the whole time. And that should really wake us up to the fact that uh, have we put our trust in Jesus Christ? Are we born again? Have we come to a faith in him and nothing else and, and to examine that? But also, let's also learn from this on how to be a better friend. Sometimes we betray people without even meaning it. So we're going to talk about this and so much more today, and I'm excited about it. Now listen, right before we get into the message here, the story of Jesus, the verse-by-verse study of the life of Christ from the four Gospels, let me also remind you that In Grace is a television program. Tonight, Wednesdays on TBN, the largest television network in the world, we have our program called in Grace. And we're going to be showing the first part of the brand new video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. This is going to be an incredible series. You're going to want to watch it. You're going to want to see the latest on the moves in Israel to want to rebuild the temple and all the details of it, including an inside look at the red heifers that have just been brought over to Israel a few months ago. So we're going to be featuring that. We want you to watch it. If you don't get TBN, you can definitely still watch it on YouTube. All you have to do is open YouTube, search for In Grace, and then click on the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. While you're there, also subscribe to the In Grace channel. You can get alerts that we have a new one out there. And also it would help us if you like, if you like it, like the video. And the more people that do that, the more people that will actually see it. And the gospel is on every one of our programs. And so the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple, please watch it on TBN or YouTube or Roku. Uh, you can also get the video from us. I'll tell you how to do that at the end. We have a very special offer for you. Uh, and then one last thing, I'd love to take you to Israel, show you where the temple is going to be rebuilt on one of our 
upcoming trips to Israel. We have one leaving in a few days. We also have one coming up in a year, and we'd love for you to come with us to Israel or consider doing an Alaska cruise with us. We're going to Alaska this summer in July on a creation cruise, and we would love for you to join us. Go to ingraceradio.com, click on travel, or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE for your free brochure. We're going to be going through all four Gospels and a few Old Testament passages today as we cover a awful, awful, awful event in world history, which is the betrayal of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is so awful that the name for a baby boy is rarely, if ever, Judas. It'd be like naming your girl Jezebel. It just doesn't happen. Betrayal is one of the the, the human traits that all of us are bothered by because you trusted someone. This was someone that was supposed to be on your side, someone that was with you, someone that had your back. But the next thing you know, there's a knife in your back. I don't know if you've ever experienced betrayal. You probably have in some fashion, but I'm sure you don't have any experience like our dear Savior Jesus had with one of his 12, Judas, betraying him. As I think of betrayal, I remember something that happened a lot of years ago here in this church where there was a man in our church that worked in a a company, a sizable company, and had a high position in the company. I'm going to call him John. And he hired another man in our church as a consultant. This other man, I'll call him Joe, uh, would go into companies and analyze things and give recommendations to help the company to be more productive. So everything sounds right so far. Okay, so Joe went in and analyzed the company for John, and after several weeks, he made a recommendation. He recommended that the company did not need John's position. So the company got rid of John, the one who brought Joe in as a consultant. Joe was paid a handsome sum, and I'm happy to report that Joe is no longer in this church, and sadly, neither is John. Obviously, I changed the names, but that's a true story, and it, I shudder. When I heard that, I, I couldn't believe it. I said, how, how is it possible that you would bring in a consultant, and the consultant convinces the company to get rid of, of the guy? Even if the, the position wasn't necessary, Would you really advise that? Oh, I've been bothered by that because I felt like a betrayal had occurred. But the worst betrayal in all of history, and you can go ask anybody this, even if they don't know much about Jesus or the Bible, they will almost always say the worst betrayal in history was Judas betraying Jesus with a kiss. And you might wonder, Didn't Jesus choose the disciples? 
Didn't Jesus choose Judas? And you might come to the conclusion that Jesus didn't have good judgment when he picked Judas as a disciple. Of course, if you're thinking that, you'd be wrong because the reason that Jesus chose Judas was for this very thing. He knew that Judas would betray him, that Judas wasn't loyal, that Judas was actually a thief. You say, well, why would he do this? Because this was predicted. This was part of God's plan that at a certain point in history, in an exact moment in history, it wouldn't be a week early or a day early or an hour late. It would be exactly at this moment that this person would come, a friend, a close friend of Jesus would come and betray him. And so it happened. Now, if you'll remember, these are the last hours of Jesus' life before the cross. As a matter of fact, the next day, he will be hanging on a cross and he will be dead by sundown. It is now dark. They had gone from the upper room, which was somewhere uh, up in Jerusalem. They had gone down through the Kidron Valley. They had come just barely up the Mount of Olives, which is just to the east of Jerusalem. You go over the Mount of Olives, you'll come to Bethany, and you go all the way down eventually to the Dead Sea, Jericho, okay? So if you look east from the Temple Mount through what's called the Eastern Gate or the Golden Gate, that's the Mount of Olives and the Garden of Gethsemane is at the bottom or the first, maybe the first half. And get, remember, Gethsemane means what? Olive press. And there Jesus went with his 11. Remember he had said that one would betray him up in the upper room and one did. One left the room, that was Judas. And Jesus and his 11 were in the Garden of Gethsemane and this was a favorite place of Jesus. This is where he would often go with them. And you know what? It's one of my favorite places to go in Israel. And if you'll come to Israel with us, we lead tours and we're going again this coming year, February. We have a lot of people signing up for that. So you might want to get in on that. We do have brochures. And I will show you and I will take you to this beautiful place. Even today, it's still unspoiled. It still has olive trees. And there, just like Jesus, you can kneel down and pray. And he left eight of his disciples near the entrance of the Garden of Gethsemane. He went in a little ways with the three of the inner circle. He left them. He said, pray, stay awake. I need your help right now. Why? Because Jesus knew what was about to happen. And he wasn't afraid of dying. He wasn't afraid of death. He wasn't afraid of being nailed with spikes. Certainly, I'm sure he wasn't looking forward to it, but that wasn't his anguish. What was the anguish of Christ which led him to sweat drops of blood, which is a known medical condition, very rare, but known that if you get so anxious, you can, your blood vessels can rupture and your sweat can pull out blood. And he did that, why? Because he knew the right thing to do was to become sin for you. What was, this, what was this anguish? He was repulsed by sin because it's, it's the opposite of his nature. It's the opposite of him. He wasn't going to sin, but he was going to take on our sin. This we cannot comprehend, but this is the battle that happened in the garden and he ended 
his prayer by saying, not my will, but thine. He gets up. It's dark. He goes and finds his disciples asleep. But now it's time. Now it's time. The disciples had failed, but Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. Go to Matthew 26. And what we're going to do today is look at all four gospel accounts. Because all four gospel accounts tell of this arrest, this betrayal. And it's really interesting uh, in our study of the gospels. We've taken all four gospels and we've lined them up chronologically best we can. And, you know, there's criticisms of the Bible. What's the criticism? That there are contradictions in the Bible, especially in the gospels. So we're, we're tackling those. We've only come to a couple so-called uh, contradictions. We've answered them very easily. There aren't any contradictions in the Bible. And so we're going to come and look at all four accounts and we're going to see that each one will enlighten us a little bit about a little detail that maybe another one didn't include. Remember, the scripture is given by inspiration, moved along by the Holy Spirit. So everything in here isn't, oh, I didn't remember that part or I had that wrong. They're writing what God says to write, but it still has their own flavor. It still has their own personality. God doesn't overwrite their style, okay, which is really interesting. But these are the words of God. Matthew 26, verse 47. And while he, which is Jesus, yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude. Now, how many came to arrest Jesus? It says a great multitude. In other passages, it talks about a good number. Now, I'm sure it's not thousands, but there probably would have been dozens of people all coming uh, because what did they think? Well, they probably thought Jesus was going to resist and him and his disciples would fight or flee and hide and they were coming prepared. It says that they came with swords and staves, so they had weapons. They were ready for a battle. They were ready for a bloodbath. Boy, did Judas and the chief priests and elders get it wrong. They did not understand Jesus had come as an innocent lamb, like a lamb before the slaughter. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. Are you interested in the end times prophecy of the rebuilding of the Jewish temple? Then you need to watch In Grace's new video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. Jim Scudder Jr. will take you to amazing sites like the Temple Mount, the Dome of the Rock, and the land on the Mount of Olives purchased for the sacrifice of the red heifer. Jim Scudder has exclusive interviews with experts and people involved in rebuilding the temple. This new series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to In Grace. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes and see how all of this impacts our world today. When your gift is $35 or more, Jim Scudder will also send you an incredible eight-part video series called Armageddon's Dawn and a beautiful End Times Prophecy Chart. Don't wait. Get this video series today to order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. Call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. So they come, the great multitude, with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people, verse 48 of Matthew 26. Now... He that betrayed him gave them a sign. 
So before they had approached the Garden of Gethsemane, there was this plan. Judas said, whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, hold him fast. You say, why would they need a sign? Why would they even need Judas? Just go arrest Jesus. Okay, remember Jerusalem in zero uh, or one, I guess, one AD or one BC, however you want to calculate that. No electricity, no city lights, a dark night. They wouldn't necessarily know if they saw 12 men, which one was Jesus. So you say, well, how would Judas know? Well, he had been with Jesus for three years. You, you just know, right? If you come up on a group of people that you know, it'd be pretty easy to pick out which, which was which after you know them very well, just by their mannerisms, their stature, what they're wearing. So Judas, the sign was, I'm going to mark him with a kiss. That same as he, hold him fast. So grab him, grab him. Now, what's Judas' name mean? Well, in the Bible, in Genesis, we read about a Judas and Judah, actually, the name means praise. Did Judas live up to his name? No. And his name goes down in history for all the wrong reasons. Isn't that sad? What he could have been and what he was. You have decisions. You have choices to make in life. Matthew 26, 49, and forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. The kiss is to be a sign of affection or respect. And now Judas turns that sign of affection and respect into a sign of betrayal. But Jesus still showed grace and love by saying friend, friend. Would you or I say friend to Judas? <laughs> Probably, I know I wouldn't. I would say jerk, nincompoop. I don't know what name would come to mind. <laughs> Why did this happen? Well, it had been predicted. And by the way, that doesn't mean that God caused Judas to do this. We know God is sovereign, but God has given us free will. He doesn't interfere with free will. Now, events do. Events change the tide of history, but he is not going to, he never will override your decision to do something. Judas did what Judas did, but God knew Judas would do what he did before the world existed. How is that possible? Because God's outside of time. He knows the past, the present, and the future. That's why I love serving God. Because that also means he's outside of, of the problems. And he, he, he can overrule you know, these issues that we face. He can take something that is so treacherous and so horrible and make it into something that we're blessed by because Jesus died and rose again. For our sins. But it was predicted in Psalm 41, verse 9 Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. And then we'll talk about this further as we get more toward what happened to the money, the blood money, right? Uh, as Zechariah 
11, 12 predicted, and I said unto them, if you think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price, hundreds of years before Jesus existed, the price of this betrayal would be 20 pieces of gold. Is that right? Are you reading the verses? No. You're not? Yeah. Okay, so uh, that is not right. It says they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. Again, we'll talk about that in more detail, but that's the, the fee that they agreed to give Judas. He actually negotiated for that, and there's a lot of significance and meaning in that. And what they did with that money when Judas just said, I don't want it, gave it back. And what they did with that is predicted in the next verse in Zechariah eleven thirteen. Again, not today, but another time we'll talk about that. Okay, so now there's this betrayal, this kiss. The disciples don't know what to do. And, you know, their master, the Messiah, God in the flesh, is now being arrested. He's being grabbed. He's being taken. What do we do? I, you know, in, in the flesh, what we would do is we would fight, right? And actually, earlier in Luke, we read uh, earlier in this, in this evening, Jesus had actually talked about a sword, that they would need a sword. But they missed the point, I think, because Jesus was just saying, hey, look, once all of this happens, there's going to be hostility towards you. Just as they're hostile toward him, there's going to be hostility towards you. But is the sword something that we need to, to carry and, and that's how we're going to advance the gospel? Of course not. To ever turn a weapon on someone uh, for the reason of advancing Christ, obviously, is 100% wrong. So what are they going to do? Well, unfortunately, one of them did the wrong thing. Matthew 26, 51. And behold, one of them, which were with Jesus, stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priests and smote off his ear. Oh my goodness. Now it's dark. Do you think this disciple meant to cut the ear off of the servant of the high priest? No. I think he was going for the neck. He wasn't trying to cut the ear off. He was trying to cut the head off. But because it was dark, maybe the servant moved or whatever happened and he cut off. But you, hey, I don't know about you, but if anyone ever cut off your ear, that's bad. It's really bad. Okay. Then said Jesus unto him, put up again thy sword into his place for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Okay, so there you are. That's the balance. You know, Americans, we just feel we have this, this right, and we do. It's, it's the Second Amendment, and it's important to us. But that's not to be the, the main cause of the Christian. I think it's something we should have the right to because it's constitutional. But uh, we need balance in our life, don't we? 
We'll pause right there. We'll talk more about that and other things tomorrow on In Grace. I hope you'll join us for our Thursday edition. And also, don't forget on Friday, we're going to be featuring part one of the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. You really need to hear that, but you also really need to see it. It's a brand new three-part video series where we go to Israel, we film rabbis, we film heart makers, we film a guy at Jericho that's growing ancient plants for the temple incense. The temple is predicted to be rebuilt according to scripture. In Bible prophecy, it predicts that. And, And I want to teach you more about that. How could this all happen? Because there's a big problem. There's the Dome of the Rock, the Muslim shrine sitting there. So we we go through a lot of scenarios in this series. I think you'll really, really, really be amazed at all of this and to see the inside look we had at the arrival of the red heifers in Israel. So if you're interested in this, please make a gift of any amount to make sure we stay on the radio or continue to broadcast or podcast. And I'm going to thank you by sending you this three-part video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. If your gift is $35 or more, I'm also going to send you our eight-part prophecy series, Armageddon's Dawn, and the Prophecy Chart. As a thank you for your gift of any amount, Jim Scudder will send you the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple when your gift is $35 or more. He will also send you his eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, and a beautiful End Times Prophecy Chart. Order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple by calling 800-78-GRACE. Go to our secure website, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on In Grace Radio.